Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Juliette. And I'm Jessen. Today we'll be reviewing A Heart of Blood and Ashes, the first book in Mill of Vane's A Company of Dragons series. Before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform, and please write and review us. If you want more romance discussions, follow us on our social media pages at SWReadRom, join our Facebook group, The Swoon Zone, and follow Jessen on her YouTube channel, Jessen Reads Romance. If you'd like some podcast extras, become a patron of the podcast on Patreon, where we have extra content, including exclusive episodes and giveaway free stickers, books, and bookmarks. And of course, a special shout out to our patrons for all of your support. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. So, Juliet, I'm very excited. Today is October 3rd, and I'm not about to make a Mean Girls joke. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually the last day of Kickstarter today. I'm so excited. I created a Kickstarter to fund a project of mine. Jamila, our wonderful logo podcast extraordinaire, <laughs> she just like... If I have an illustration need, I'm like, Jamila, please draw something for me. And now she's doing a couple illustrations for my books for me. She's amazing. She really and truly is so talented. So last year, I think I asked her to create these designs for me. And she was really excited about potentially doing enamel pins because she's never done them before. And since I have no artistic talent, she created these wonderful designs <laughs> off of like one lines of like, Hey, Jamila, I'm thinking about this. Like I gave her barely any information and she just executed everything excellently. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. So I have these six enamel pins that are going to be made that are all romance themed. It is amazing. They're gorgeous. I'm They're gorgeous. so excited to get these made. Yeah. So excited and so happy that it was completely funded. So Mm -hmm. it's just getting it off the ground Mm -hmm. was a lot of work. There was a lot of supplies and stuff that went into it. And the Kickstarter just helped me kind of kickstart that dream. Right. You know? To get your little pin (sighs) business going. Yeah. So these will be featured in an Etsy store that I will be launching. So anyone can buy them. The Kickstarter is not like the last place you'll see these (laughs) enamel pins. (laughs) You'll be able to buy them. It's just like to get the process started, to get the molds made and stuff. So I'm just like super excited. They're just so cute. I love them. I can't wait to wear them on my new Mm -hmm. uh, denim jacket. I know. And I want the book bay on the denim jacket. The book bay is perfect because it's 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 actually like a little leather jacket (laughs) that says book bay on the back and it's like... Oh, it's just perfect. And I can't wait until we can go to cons again because yes. I want to wear them. Yes. <sighs> yes. That'll know, be the day. I know. That'll be I, the I'm day. Just, I'm hoping Shameless 2021 makes it. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We've been trying to go to Shameless for a while. I don't know. Yes. And stuff has always fallen through. So. <laughs> I know. Gosh. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about... A Heart of Blood and Ashes. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about the characters first? Well, I was going to talk a little bit about how I found this book first. I actually saw this book. It's so funny to think about it because I was like, wait, is that long Mm -hmm. ago that I saw this book? I first saw this book in Barnes & Noble. And I'm like, when when was the last time that I freely roamed around (laughs) Barnes & Noble? And it was before quarantine time. So I remember seeing this book around and the cover was really eye-catching. Yeah, the cover is amazing and i just think it's so original it's very fantasy-esque looking but it's alluring you know it's like norse viking looking it evokes those feelings i'm i'm very drawn to like darker things too as much as i love brightly brightly colored book covers Mm -hmm. 
I also enjoy very dark looking. Podcasts. Right. I know. Same. I'm the same way. Yeah. So it was very eye catching. And then I saw a couple people last year saying like, wow, this is a really cool fantasy world. And if you don't know, Juliet and I are both huge fans of like Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. We won't talk about the last <laughs> season. Yeah. We'll admit um, that. And we love The Witcher. The Witcher. And that all. Oh, this, so good. I think the, when I finally picked it up was mm-hmm. after The Witcher mm-hmm. aired. And I was like, I'm just so into this world, this mm-hmm. Witcher world, that that's the kind of book that I want to read now. Mm-hmm. And that's why I picked it up. And it absolutely had all those Witcher vibes, like these unique creatures and everything. And yes. the Game of Thrones sort of like people vying for power and stuff like I just loved it I absolutely loved it and one of the best things about this book best things about this book is the characters are so amazing so amazing like oh oh, I I just cannot wait to talk about how Melavane developed (laughs) these characters because she did a phenomenal job Phenomenal job. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the two main characters. The first one is Matic. So in this world, there are different like kingdoms and there's like a coalition of kingdoms that Mm -hmm. were like had an alliance and is very tenuous. And Mm -hmm. Matic is part of this very strong, like warring, like clan of people. They have tribes and they're very strong. They're kind of like almost the military branch of this alliance. Like, they definitely rely on the Parsathian people to be, you know, defense, exactly. And Matic has been warring and protecting their borders Mm -hmm. against people who are not their allies. But he gets word that his parents have been killed. Mm -hmm. They have been murdered. And he is seeking vengeance. The only problem, whenever he goes to this council of people, this conglomerate of nations who have decided that they want to start an alliance because there's this big bad looming. There was this person called the Destroyer Destroyer. who uses (laughs) dark magic. His parents have fought the Destroyer before, but they believe that the Destroyer is going to come back. Right. And so that's why they have this alliance, in case that does happen. And basically the council says, well, you can't seek vengeance because this other kingdom who claims they justified, like your parents betrayed them. Mm-hmm. Like it was a justified killing. Right. It wasn't murder. And Maddox is like, no, that would never bullshit. happen. My like, parents yeah. are honorable people. There's something fishy is going on. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. But they, ba- they, Point blank, tell him, you cannot take vengeance. And so his mission is to find out the truth, find out the people who are responsible, and punish them anyway. And <laughs> our heroine becomes part of that mission. Yven is this beautiful, strong, charismatic woman that we meet. But she has been locked away in a tower for her entire life since How, birth. How like, perfect fairy tale esque is that? It's I was wonderful. Like, this is brilliant. Going, She's been hidden away. I'm going to gush about this book yes. the entire time. Yes. Yvin mm-hmm. is maybe physically weak. She has a lot of issues going right. on. We'll talk about yeah. that more. Mm-hmm. She has been abused her whole life by her father and her brothers, and mm. like I said, locked away. But she is has this core of steel. Oh my gosh. She is so strong and she's like, I am ready to be queen. Like <laughs> I rightfully should be yeah, ruling I am queen. the mm-hmm. nation that my father is currently ruling and you're going to help me. And I, and together our alliance, we're going to seek vengeance against your parents too. So this <laughs> unlikely pairing happens. 
the journey for them to trust each other and to form like a true alliance and also fall in love is beautiful. And I cannot wait to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely cannot wait to talk about it. All right, guys, we're heading to the spoiler section. So if you haven't read A Heart of Blood and Ashes, go quickly and grab this baby. You will not, not regret it. Go check it out and come back to chat with us. Hey, guys, I just wanted to remind you the great promo we have with Stitcher. You can try out Stitcher Premium for one month free of charge by using our code SMART at checkout. That's S-M-A-R-T. The premium subscription with Stitcher has tons of cool perks like exclusive episodes from your favorite podcast. We love Stitcher Premium and we know you will too. Don't forget to use the code SMART for your free trial. Now back to A Heart of Blood and Ashes. Okay, so let's talk about okay so we talked a little bit about um how he went to the council and stuff like that let's go to so that night they're like sort of brooding they're camping well should we talk about why his parents were there in the first place oh they received a message they received a message does he know this yet though yes yeah they received a message from um a woman claiming to be a daughter of this kingdom and the Mm -hmm. important thing about this is this kingdom is um, matriarchal. Right. So... And they call it Queen of Nyset. N- yes. A Nyset heir. Exactly. And they're supposed to be these powerful queens who have the... Kind of like they have foresight and they mm-hmm. see through this the moon goddesses Vela. Right, because they're eyes. all related. They have the magic of the goddess Vela running through their veins. Right. And so it always travels through the bloodline of the females. That's yes. why she's so powerful. This is also why the father kept her, you know, knowing he could use her as a tool later on in life. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. And he kept his wife very weak because oh. he wants powerful. He he wants power. Power. Mm-hmm. He is a power hungry man who is heinous. He is disgusting. terrible and disgusting. Yeah. And what Maddox doesn't know is that Yvin sent for his parents against her father's wishes and was right. hoping that they would appear and kind of help her escape. Right. And that was her plan. Her plan was always to take to take back control of her kingdom from her father and to enact vengeance on her own family right. basically for doing that to her and her mother. I thought it was so clever so of even so the night of he's brooding over this basically declaration by the council that you may not seek your vengeance your parents were justly killed they were executed they were not murdered they were executed yeah you know and so that is just like more shame upon his family is like this is like this is not true and even his guard the guard of a king is called a dragon mm-hmm. and he is considered ran matic ran is sort of the equivalent to king yeah in their like culture their title it's right their title right and they but they believe ran has all this other like deeper meanings other than just king it's right. awesome it's it's such a cool world you just have to read it to get, get all these little nuances i do want to mention and i forgot to talk about this Just the world building in general is so good. It's insane. And I will say, when I first picked up this book, there's a lot of names that are thrown at you. There's a lot of races, kingdoms, very strange, you know, names Mm -hmm. for people being thrown at you. And the whole council meeting, there's just a lot of information being thrown at you. But I will say that it does not take long Mm -hmm. for you to get absolutely hooked and get past kind of that 
info dumpy stage. Right. And the more, and I really love the way that Mila Vane structured this novel because when Maddox meets Yavin, it like more focuses on them and their mm-hmm. journey and less about yes. the world in general. Yes. And I think that was a the smart ro- Yes, move. the romance was paramount. And we learn more about the world through them and their relationship, yes. so, which makes sense. Another smart move is not having them in like a big city the whole right. time. It they're was, they're, on, th- this they're on this caravan. They're on a journey. I you know? loved it. And, and by the way... They're traveling the whole time. I fucking love the journey motif. It's like Lord of the Rings. It's Hobbit. Like... It's very classic fantasy. The journey motif is paramount. It is paramount in, you know, true high fantasy, which I just, I ate it up. And by the way, it's also in the second book, because which I have started as well. <laughs> so, I'm you know. I'm going to start it after so I was good. waiting for this reread because I needed like a refresher yeah. on the world. So good. But okay, wait, we're talking about this book. So one thing I wanted to mention before we get into them actually meeting was it's the night after the council and he's brooding and his men are around him and in walks this servant and they know she's of, they can tell by her markings and her clothes that she's a servant of the kingdom uh, Yvonne is from. And they're like, you know, what do you want? She said, well, I was sent to tell you that um, the daughter is being taken as a bride to, I don't know, the Tolehi, I think, people or something. She's been, and she gives them all the details about where the wet, the bridal caravan is. She also says, and by the way, she is the one who is responsible for your parents' death. Which is true. In it a is. sense. It is. But what's so awesome is that that is Evan's words. That is her servant. She sends to him, knowing that he would be more motivated to avenge his parents than to steal a bride for himself for a power a power play. Absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? I have to say, one of my favorite things about Yvin is that she has this plan and yep. she is so solid and steady in enacting this plan and she's so smart about it. She's so smart and she's so strong. So clever. And it all comes from her relationship with her mother, which we learn. Her mother has taught her so much. She and her mother were locked in the tower together. Her, her father kept her, basically poisoned her over years, kept her chained to the bed when he wanted to have sexual relations and beget children upon him. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a disgusting human being. And she even would have to just like go into the corner behind a screen and wait for him to basically rape his mother, you know, to get these children over the years. But in that, the mother's love for her daughter, teaching her, this is how you will, you know, this is how you will become queen and just Mm -hmm. teaching her everything. Because her mother has the sight. Yes. And she has the sight. So she can see people and all around the world. Like she can just see what they're doing. And And that's how she educated Yvin. So Yvin may have never been out of this tower, Mm -hmm. but she's still worldly it's very worldly because of her mother's teachings mm-hmm. like and teaching her political strategy political strategy alliances mm-hmm. you know who these people are like you're going to come across this kingdom and these mm-hmm. are the people that you need to know and this is how they'll act these are going to be allies i and love that telling yvin about Maddox ahead of time yes. be like this is yeah, your she even, husband. She, yeah, she even said, let's find some suitors for you. And so yes. here's some potentials. And Yvonne had chose Matic. Yeah. You know, um, I loved also, in addition to that, but we also see this like 
beautiful innocence of when she sees things for the first thing with her own eyes, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the, the story. Like, when oh, she, the first time she amazing. sees the ocean and she's just overwhelmed. Yeah, with, so she still has you know, this, like, wonder. This wonder, this, wonder, yes, this sense of, of wonderment. I loved it. And it, as much as she is hardened mm-hmm. and strong and confident she still has this like She's vulnerability little, and softness to her and a little socially awkward she'll ask yeah is this how people are supposed to behave like yeah <laughs> but it's so you endearing know? so let's talk about their first meeting because when Maddox oh takes his dragon mm-hmm. his company of dragons and <laughs> he comes upon this caravan one of Yvonne's brothers, her heinous brother. There's, it's yes. only like the youngest that is nice. Yeah, Tyson is the only good one. Yes, mm-hmm. and he comes out and he's basically like, "Oh yeah, what you gonna do? Like you really can't do anything to me." And he's taunting Maddox, basically mm-hmm. saying, "Like, would you like to hear what happened to your mother? Would you like to hear about how the Ugh. guards basically like tortured took her, mm-hmm. took turns, and like Maddox is sitting there raging, and Yvonne is right behind her brother, and." It's very interesting from Maddox's point of view because he's just like, wait, what's happening? Because suddenly her brother is collapsing. Suddenly he's just like dying and he's just like, wait, what is happening? And it is Yvin. She's holding that jeweled dagger dripping with blood. It's so awesome. Hands tied together, Mm -hmm. dripping with blood. And she just like, you know, in that one instance, whenever we first meet her and see her, and she has got everyone's number, and she's mm-hmm. just like, he should not have turned his back to me. Right. He should have taken me seriously, mm-hmm. and I'm not fucking around. Like, I don't care that you're my blood, you're my family. Like, you betrayed me. Oh, and, and you've been cruel to her. All of them have been cruel to her, except oh, for the youngest brother. And what I'll, we also get when we get to her point of view is that her um, her knee, her one leg hurts. Like, he's... Uh, the brother is like pulling her around. So it looks like he's just jerking her around, but she's limping because um, once upon a time, her brother, cru- I mean, her father crushed her leg as a punishment, you know, mm-hmm. and it's healed badly. So she has a limp, you know, she, but like he shattered her kneecap. And so yeah. her kneecap never healed, never healed properly. properly. She cannot run. She's she also is- thin. They didn't feed her well. Malnourished. You know? um, her skin. He even talks about how her dark skin has a sallow, sallow. look to it. Cause you she's know, never been healthy. in the sun. Right. Right. And it's so amazing because Maddox immediately dismisses her as oh, this. Yes weakling mm-hmm. this weakling weak little girl weak little girl and he talks about how his his bride would because he in the beginning he talks about he hasn't been with a woman in eight years since his mother said we're gonna find you your bride mm-hmm. and he decided he was gonna save himself for her and he's always pictured her like his mother strong warrior mm-hmm. powerful yes you know physically just you know physically, formidable physically formidable, formidable. yes and then he's confronted with this girl and she's laying out why they need to get married, why they need to mm-hmm. create an alliance through marriage and have a child as quickly as possible to cement mm-hmm. this alliance. And he just kind of <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're going to be a queen of my people. Like they're yeah. never going to accept like, you. What a joke. You're not, not only that, a he's warrior. Like, you're the one responsible for my parents' death. Yes. So he grips her around the throat and is on the verge of killing her. She's not intimidated, though. No. Not once does she back down. Not once does she cower. Mm -hmm. And she, like, every time he talks about how he has been hurt and how much he is craving vengeance, she comes right back. And she just, like, you think you want vengeance? It 
is nothing compared to the vengeance that I want. And I, love I will it. get it no matter what. And every single time she says something like this, I'm just like, I have I to put the book down and have to just like marvel. I know. Marvel at Ugh. the strong heroine oh, yes. that Mila Vane has given to Spine us. Spine of steel. She is awesome. remarkable. She is a boss ass bitch. Okay. <laughs> I love her. I love how she's not intimidated by Maddox. And we have to talk about the bloody handy, right? Okay. I yeah. Mean, we let's have please to talk, talk about, about it. it. So let's, so he gets hard on when she starts talking all tough. He like gets mm-hmm. like hard instantly. He wants to, he wants to like talk and, about how weak she is, but he's still attracted to her. Right. Okay? And at the same time, fire. he's trying to intimidate her because he's angry because he, he knows she's responsible for his parents' death. So he's like, he feels like he wants to punish her. But at the same time, everything she sa- is saying is true. The best vengeance would be to take her as a pawn to get to the father. Right. Right. So he's like, you know, I could just, he's like, I could just have you here right now. And we could just, you know, I could put a baby in you right this second. Just like you could, but it's not my moon night or whatever. Oh, let's, talk, so, about let's talk about that. Moon night. That's so interesting. Yes. Let's yeah, talk about so this that. This is something part of their culture. It's amazing. Okay. So. Vila is the moon goddess, but she also enacts vengeance on, like, rapists. If someone right. is forced, like, rapist or curse, and I really like yes. that that's part of the world. I'm like, Me fuck too. yes. Yes, Vila. Fuck you, rapist. <laughs> like that goddess. <laughs> yes, I love this goddess. Also, it is dictated that every single virgin, be they female or male, yes. must wait until the full I'm, moon. Mm-hmm. And they have to shed blood for Vila. So for their first moon night. For mm-hmm. women, you're shedding blood whenever, you know, you... The hymen's broken. Yes, the hymen's <laughs> broken. And for men, like Maddox thinks back to his own first time, his own moon night, and he had to prick his finger. Well, right. I, he didn't prick his finger. He actually, like, took claws to, like, his neck. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, like, gouged his, like, neck and shit. Yeah, they have battle for, claws. Yes, That's it's also so cool. freaking cool. Their, but anyway, uh-huh. I like how it's equally, it's not just, like, the women have to right. wait. It's the men, too. And we they see that later. We need to see, like, a, a, a sort of, like ceremony later in the mm-hmm. book that I thought was so cool because it was men and women waiting for their moon night. So amazing. So it's true. And he's like, okay, so you're a virgin. So he's we're like, going to have like, to but wait I need to be satisfied. 10 like, days. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to wait 10 days until the next full moon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he also says, you know, we need you to start your period basically to confirm that there's like no child. I know that you say mm-hmm. that you're a virgin and he also, like, she immediately, she's like, yes, this is a sound plan because she knows she's thinking about every single objection her father could possibly have to mm-hmm. invalidate a marriage between them. And so she just like, yes, we're going to take this half moon milk. Yes. Um, which is basically a preventative, a pregnancy preventative. Yeah. It's like, it'll make you miscarry if you do, yes. if you do have sex. In and small you doses, are it's holding, a pre- or preventative, though. Right. So and by her taking dose. it, it's saying that if she is not a virgin, then and she has a baby in her womb by some other man, it will it will kill that baby. Yes, so because that she can be that would be an argument her father could make and be like, oh, that's well, it's not, not really it's his. not his. It was it's not his baby. It's right. someone else. Like right. she had sex with somebody while she was in my care. And my she has, he has witnesses of his guard for mm-hmm. everything. But wait, before we get to that part, let's talk about the um the the hand job. So he, oh yeah yeah, so, oh, yeah. talk about it. <laughs> All right, y'all. So, okay. So this is what's so intense there. Okay. He has his, like, he has his silver battle claws around her neck as he's like threatening her, like, cause he wants to kill her. Cause he really thinks she's the one. And 
Sort of she is, okay? She is sort of responsible. Because she called his parents she called to his her parents kingdom. To, to help her escape. And they ended to, up by being captured and tortured. So right. she is a little bit responsible for their death because she never called them. But not them. in the way he thinks. No, he thinks that she's treacherous and she's lying. Yes, he calls her treacherous Ooh, We're going to talk about time. lying after two, but let's get yes, to the bloody okay. handy. So, I oh know, so much discuss. <laughs> so basically he's like, he's like, um, you know, you need to satisfy me, basically. And she, you know, you think it's going to be this forced thing because he he's not a rapist. But at the same time, he's just so angry. And she's like, no, I'll take care of you easily. She reaches in, gives him not y'all. This is the hottest like hand job. I, I don't think I don't think I've even experienced a hand job in romance in a long time. But he is like so hot into her. He comes like almost instantly. And but she's like the, whispering, whispering about like, did you see how I like stabbed my brother? Did you see the blood <laughs> gushing out of him? And like, she's got blood on her hands. So she, she gets like his cum yes. and blood on her hands. And she licks it off. She licks it off her fingers. And he is like, the fuck? Like it is it's the most so intense listen 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 it oh. sounds disgusting but it's not it's not it is hot and it is powerful it is powerful it is she is showing they are him bonding through their yes. bloodlust yes and she is saying i want you and i can't and I wait want this. i can't wait until my moon night you're, yeah and your and seed is inside your seed me. is inside me and we're gonna create this child that is so strong gonna have my blood running through its mm-hmm. veins gonna have the power of the moon goddess and it's gonna have your strong genes like right. your people are known for their strength like I, it's gonna be powerful and they are both so turned on by their path that they have to take and i think that that's why i love them as a couple so much because they're bonded by vengeance right and he doesn't trust her but there's this innate attraction because they both are so set on vengeance and they're united in that yes and and it's attractive also shocked because he he makes mention several times like my mother would never pick you for me like <gasps> oh let's talk you know, about the um the rings so when uh, they got yes. that when he got the message that his parents died um some of their belongings were returned to him including <clears throat> his father's ring and it's the one they wear around their thumb it's yes. like i think of it as like the same as the Celts would wear a torque around their neck as a yes. crown. Yes, you know, that's exactly. It's a signal it's of, a signal of their, uh, royalty. Yes, exactly. And he did not receive his mother's ring. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, this bastard stole it. stole it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is important, though, too, because if... If Maddox's mother approved of Yuvin, yeah. as she has said she did, the mother would have given... Yvin the ring as a sign of her approval saying mm-hmm. like yes I think that you are worthy of my son I think that you will make a strong queen and so he's just like nah no that would my never mom happen. did not give my her the ring would never. she didn't present it to me but there's this thing that happens every time Yvin tries to talk about his mother he says oh. do not mention my mother again and if you do I will tear out your tongue and this is not an idle threat no and we have to this is where it comes to the whole lying business so the parsathians the the people he is with they do not tell a lie and if you tell a lie they consider that as like the most dishonorable disgusting thing a person can do yes and so when he says i will rip your tongue out if you talk about my mother again he means it he means it. Yes. And so she knows she cannot even 
refer to the mother. And she, so she also knows if he would see that ring, he would immediately think that she stole it because he's mm-hmm. not, he won't listen to her. He needs he to won't trust allow her. her, trust her enough to tell the story of what happened mm-hmm. with his mother. Yes. Because what we discover through her point of view is that her mother was alive for a long time, for many weeks in that tower with her. His mother. His mother. I'm sorry. His mother was. Um, and her mother had died like three years before that, I think, or something. I, I, I think at one I'm point they mentioned. The at one point, I remember her saying she had been alone for three years mm-hmm. um, until her mom, um, his mother, was then in the tower with her for a while before she was killed. So, So we've got this perfect like conflict of she wants to one wants him to trust her he does not he does not trust her at all mm-hmm. you know um and the fact and that she he has, has information her, that would prove and but he's barred her from speaking it and she knows <laughs> she's like i don't i want to keep my tongue because she even says the most powerful thing that she has is her voice mm-hmm. and her knowledge and if she loses her tongue she can no longer use that you yes know, to gain her kingdom and it, to her it's all about being the rightful queen to help her people. She sees how the people are being <gasps> oh, abused. Love she that. loves her kingdom. Can we I, please talk about the contrast between the maturity in Yvonne as a leader yes. and as Matic as a leader? Because yes. in the beginning, like I'm still, we're still like in the very beginning of this book. It's hilarious. <laughs> we um, even got, they're not even on the trail yet. They're not even on the road. <laughs> they spend most of the time on the road. So Yvonne is like she has a purpose and the purpose is to serve her people because Mm -hmm. her father's interest is very she's Mm self-interested in his own power and screw the people and she's like that's not how queens operate that's not how my my lineage has operated i need to care about my people more than myself right and a queen doesn't even cry in front of her people because you know, my pain more. is not even close to what my it people's right. pain is. So she has this innate understanding of what it is to be this ruler. Matic is a, a good warrior. warrior. Mm-hmm. And she even says, like, oh. her mother Her mother says he's going to be a great king. And Yvonne's like, he will be, but he's not but yet. He's not and yet. I will make him one. He, I remember oh. he, he says so something, good. and I can't remember. I think... Gosh, I want to get to it so badly about the whole King's Heart thing. Let's just wait till we get to that first stopping point. Because, But I have to talk about this moment where Yvonne looks at him and is like, you are not a king. It is so powerful. And he's like, who are you? This little, like, you know, this little weak woman to tell me I'm not a king. But he believes he's like, she's right. You know, but okay. Okay, let's first get on the road. So the first thing that happens is he's feeling a little (laughs) asshole-ish. Because he is being an asshole. Yes, he is. He's angry. He's very angry. Another thing, though, too, because I th- there's there's a whole lot to unpack with just Yvonne herself. Yeah, she tells him, you know, don't mistreat me in front of your people because they're going to lose respect for you. Yeah, because because I'm going to be, to be your bride. I'm, I'm going to be your bride. Mm-hmm. I am with you on this whole vengeance thing. Like I'm telling them mm-hmm. that I'm ready to enact vengeance on behalf of your parents and they're going to love me for it. So don't mistreat me in front of them. Um, they're going to lose respect for you. And it's true. We can see it <laughs> happening because he ignores it. Cause what happens is he puts her, she's never ridden a horse. And of course, when she says, you know, I've never ridden a horse, they all laugh, not like, cause they think she's joking. <laughs> 
But <laughs> also never... because, like, how can you say that you're a strong person and you've never yeah. even ridden a horse? Like, yes, being able to be a warrior means being good on a horse to the Prosathians, and that's yes. kind of like a show of strength. Like, if you can't be on a horse, then like, yeah. oh, it does remind me a little bit of the Dothraki, it how does. they, you know, idolize the horse. I love that. It's true. Um, and the horse is very special to them. It's not just an animal, you know. But I love how she um, doesn't back down to their laughter. No. She stares them the fuck down with her never moon goddess eyes and she's like yeah i've never ridden a horse because i've been trapped in a tower my, my whole fucking life, life. like yeah like, and then they're kind of like now bitches <laughs> and they're ashamed they are ashamed yeah. okay? and then they they put her so he puts her on the horse with like not even a bridle reins so she has to like clutch to the mane to hold on mm-hmm. you know it's like okay he and he tells her if you fall off i'm not coming back for you so you better hold on that's important and so Very important he they says ride. like he will never sacrifice anything. Anything. To not his not his people. Not even his you horse. Know, nothing. Nothing. You know, she he will not sacrifice for her. So she if she wants to stay on this journey, she, she better has fucking to keep, up. keep up. Yeah. And so what happens is they ride like all day through the night. And she is at a like, brutal pace. A brutal place. Pace. She's clinging without even reins to hold on to, clinging to this horse, and they finally get to a stopping point. And I believe it is the older warrior in the group. I cannot remember his name. Uh, It's it's no use trying to figure out their names. Honestly. Okay. Okay, Let's just say. So (laughs) the older warrior who has more maturity than any of them. He. I'm pretty sure it's he's the one who goes up to her and he pulls out a knife and Maddox like what is he doing and he tenses up a little bit because he's like he's worried that the warrior is going to hurt her her. and at the same time he's like what's happening but he watches and he says let me help you my lady and he cuts the horse's mane because the blood and cum let's be for real (laughs) has dried her hands clinging to the main. So and there's she's like slumped over her horse. She's so stiff from twelve from hours. Twelve of hours saddle. of riding and just holding on because he said if you if you fall you're going to be left behind. And she has such endurance and tenacity that she's like I'm not going anywhere. I'm on this journey. I'm going to make it. You know she has such strong will. This is the kind of heroine I love. Yes. I love so, 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 and so much. And I think much. that one of the lines that she says pretty much sums it up. I mean, a lot of things that she says, like, just reinforces how much of a badass she mm-hmm. really is. And one of the things is, like, Maddox, like, you're gonna have to walk to relieve the pain. Like, it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be so much pain for you to walk. Right. That's the only way to relieve yeah. even more pain in the future. Like, it's gonna take you days to feel. And she just, like, thinking to herself, I've been in pain before, and if this is what I need to endure to get my vengeance, mm-hmm. then bring it the and fuck on. She just like, I've known pain, pain before, and this is nothing. Yeah. This is nothing in the grand scheme of things. I am willing to go through this. Yeah. And she doesn't even think twice about it. She's just like, I'm going to endure, and I'm going to be on the road. This rough life, like whenever, whenever they're eating these lizards, that their meat <laughs> is like rancid. So rancid that it makes her gag and choke yeah. but she will not waste I think that, it. Yeah, that was the first time because they couldn't start a fire or something. I think they'd eat yes, it raw. Yes, they can't. Yeah, well, we also learned, well, before we move on though, because I mean, I swear to God, I'm jumping from thought to thought to thought, but I just want to say one more thing about that thing when she got off the horse is the older warrior basically kind of shame Maddox, like kind of like shame on you. That is your bride. Yeah. And so he's like, she was right. She was right. And he does feel, he not just because they said it, he does feel like guilt for sort of hurting her, you know? This is the dichotomy of Maddox. 
He <laughs> says that he does not trust her and he will never Sacrifice. care for her, mm-hmm. trust her, you know, um, really see her as an equal. Like this alliance will be a name only and so that they can enact vengeance. But like he's not about to trust and give his heart to and he's not gonna have a relationship <laughs> like his parents had with the event yeah. and yet and yet we see time and time again how he she must be getting through him <laughs> and he despite him thinking all like she's unworthy he's starting to care for her because he yeah. he does feel shame and she yeah. falls asleep at the river as he's washing her hands and he carries <laughs> her back and like to his first yes and he, you know, warms her because they can't start a fire at night. So he's always sleeping with her. It is so telling. The yeah. little bitty things. Yeah. And like whenever they, she does drink the half moon milk. Let's talk about that oh, and how yeah, much of a badass she is. So the next day she doesn't ride in her own because she has to take the half moon milk. And she would she would definitely fall off because they. Cause and like, her horse got eaten by a creature in the forest. Yes. And I, I love that um, her... Uh, the two two of the warriors, the female warriors, are like, Maddox, have you ever taken the half moon milk? He's like, oh, of course I haven't. He's like, well, you have no fucking idea how painful because this is. Because it's a two-part process. Yeah. When you take the half moon milk in a dosage to, like, purge yourself of a pregnancy or to make make sure that you have, like, basically your whole menstrual cycle in a single day. Right. Um. So it's, like, heavy bleeding. Heavy not bleeding, only do heavy you drink, cramping. Yes. Not only do you drink the dosage of half moon milk, but there's a sleeping draught that women usually right. take so that they could sleep through See, the pain. See, I think pain. of like milk of the poppy from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like some sort of like that would ease the pain, you it's, know? It's to ma- basically so that you're knocked out the whole time while this very painful process goes and, on. And they don't have and that. And they don't have the mm-hmm. sleeping draught. And Yvin just like, give it to me anyway. I love I will. that. She's like, I, I don't care. I don't care. Just yeah. give it to me. Yeah. Obviously, she's never taken it before because... <laughs> She's a little too confident because it is excruciating. And she's sort of like in and out of consciousness. He has to hold her the whole day. But that's the thing. When she is awake, she never makes a sound. Mm -hmm. And he is paying attention to her breathing. And the only reason why he knows that it is painful is because he's so attuned to her that he's like, I can tell whenever it's she's in the most pain mm -hmm. because her breathing quickens but she's not saying anything and then finally she passes out and he's very worried about that yeah he's just like oh my god and like i love how he goes up to his the um one of one of his dragons who is a woman and and basically is like all this blood running around my thigh like it's good is this normal it's like this is normal normal? can she live from this is she okay and she's like she's like yeah that's fucking normal this is yes i told you i I told told you you." dick (laughs) (laughs) i love how the female warriors are are they're gaining respect for even for taking it without the um the pain you know i think i I love how easily even wins over these warriors she wins them over and Quicker. how it kind of like grates on Maddox. Yes. <laughs> just like they don't see her lies. And it's just like, oh, Maddox. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> we're moving angel. along on the journey and she's learning. Y'all, along the journey, I do want to also say that they're all like sort of falling in love with her. And even, um, oh my gosh, Torek, uh, the youngest one, is sort of like smitten with her. Oh, no. And that makes Maddox jealous. Because he's he's just like enamored <laughs> with her. Oh, this was another thing that we learned. Like when they're, um, they talk about, she starts to um, help them hunt like 
millipedes and stuff. And she's she loves millipede legs, by the way. And he is humored. Yannick is humored how much she eats. She's eating like constantly. And we realize she's really been starved in this tower. They only give her enough to like survive, not enough Mm -hmm. to make her physically strong. Yeah, because the weaker they have her in the tower, the less chance that she has of escape. Right. Right. (laughs) Why would you feed her? Exactly. But we have these meal. (laughs) And we have these great moments of humor. There's a lot more humor than you would think along the ways are killing these beasts and and outlandish things. So then there come to sort of a crossroads and it's at the ruins. This is one of the ruins created by the destroyer of the old bridge. It was an old bridge crossing. And when they're there, the wolves don't, they always send um, far, I think it's Farson. I think it's his name is Farson. Farson's wolves to seek out because they can detect magic, magics mm-hmm. that are around. Yes. And they don't detect anything. And they're like, okay, well, it's pretty safe. But at the same time, um, Yvan is trembling, shaking. And Maddox even says, can you sense magic? And she says, I don't know. She's like, he's like, he didn't know if she's like cold or what, but she's trembling. Yeah. She's also been like bleeding for a day and all this other stuff. I love the, the subtlety of like, she obviously is attuned to something, but she's never, she's never been exposed to it. Never so been she, exposed. How, so would, she how know? would she know? She has exactly. no point of reference to be like, yes, yeah, I, that's what this is. I have a power to is. sense magic. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this is, I love it. I love it. It's so good. It's so good the way it's done. So what happens is, is he is sort of gentle with her in this scene and he tells her, you need to walk. Don't go close to the river because there's like man-eating creatures there. Yeah. But like you can walk on the lawn right around here. You need to stretch your legs legs and and you know so you feel better whatever so he does he um she kind of is over there and he's talking to his men they're all kind of lounging around and walking around and looking at the place and suddenly they see the fog rolling in and the fog this isn't just like a natural fog it's a like black magic fog and that's when the wolves suddenly like go crazy and they realize oh my god there is magic here. And we also, we like Maddox realize all at the same time that she can sense magic. So she sensed it before anybody else did. So yeah. that's kind of a cool power. Yes. That she she's has. discovering. Right. And so, but the problem is she's across the road, like far from them. And they need her to get to their side. Cause apparently it's all within, I don't know, the fog rolls out with these blood wraiths inside of them basically will devour this, okay anything it i don't know if you into. remember because it's been so long since we read it and i don't even know if you read sarah douglas, sarah douglas. <laughs> it reminds me of the fucking animals yes. the, these, these creatures that travel in the mist that like tear yes. apart humans um in sarah douglas's wayfair Y'all. redemption series wayfair which redemption. is very high fantasy super high fantasy not as much romance there's definitely romance no. but that's one of it's those not, series it's not a romance like high this. fantasy um no this is definitely high fantasy romance like yeah um, definitely yeah. sarah douglas is more just high more fantasy. high fantasy <laughs> but that was one of the first series uh justin and i like went on our journey our book journey mm-hmm. with. And so we always go back to like, we Sarah were Douglas. very into high fantasy. Mm-hmm. I would say that high fantasy is that was our where we thing. started. Yeah. <laughs> Juliette Marlier, the whole, the, um, Celts. And yeah. All that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, now this is my jam. Like Milla Vane has one. Perfected. My, she's perfected. The it. balance. It is, it is exactly what I love. I need the romance to be equal with the fantasy elements and she does such an amazing job she the does. world building like at every turn i was like holy fucking shit this is amazing like it you know is. this is awesome I, I, i'm serious the amount of times that i literally had to put down my kindle and just be like 
wow. <laughs> just wow. Just wow. Just awesome. Amazing. Just awesome. So Juliet so, mentioned that she's not close. Yvonne's not close to the um, Maddox or his party. And he tells her to run. They're, yeah, they're all screaming for her to and run. And she does not. And he is just like mind blown. Like, why the fuck is she, she not she running? Why isn't she listening to me? She's basically going to, and she's like telling the dogs, like, go, go, like yeah. the, these wolves. Instead, she jumps who are up trying to protect. Pr- yeah, she's on this rock and she's like trying, and he's like so confused. Like, why are you telling the dogs to go, like, move your ass? Mm-hmm. And. This this is the thing. Maddox doesn't know everything that she suffered through. He has mm-hmm. no idea that she has a shattered kneecap and she cannot run. She cannot. She's fucked, okay? She is absolutely fucked. And he... I think the shattered kneecap was because she sent that letter. Yeah, it was. Yes. So that's the other thing. He's, he never wants her to talk about his mother. So how can he say why she uh has her shattered kneecap because she would have to mention his mother again right and so that's another thing she doesn't really and she also doesn't want to give him any more fuel to think of her as weak you know what i mean so she just kind of holds that back but at this it's a moment slow discovery of the is. shit that she's it been is. through right and how strong she truly is but he has to go save her and yes. in the process like his horse he has to like ride through yeah. these blood and we talk about how much his horse loves him is like an extension of himself, you know. And this is also this very telling too, though, because at one point Yvin asked, like, what is your horse's name? And he's like, We don't name horses because then that creates attachment and you know, <laughs> horses and dogs they die. But every it's so funny, as much as Maddox prides himself on like only Distancing wanting his the, heart. the truth, mm-hmm. he lies to himself a lot. Right. <laughs> Even Farson, I love it. One point she goes, she goes, they're, I think the, um, what are the wolves names? Stone and something. Their name's Stone and something. She like shouts it at him. Like, yeah, they have names. <laughs> like she's very sassy with him. Yeah. Sometimes. Like you're the only one, like you want to <laughs> act like you don't have like emotions and yeah. feelings, but you do. So, so don't even. Right. So in this moment he has, who he has said, I will never, I will not sacrifice anything for and you. she fully believes him she fully believes she thought that she was gonna die she will not mm-hmm. be rescued and this was it yeah so of course he sacrifices his horse because he knows he has to run through the fog and the horse's legs are all scarred up by the blood rays that are like basically eating at him mm-hmm. you know while slashing at him while he runs through grabs even and brings her to safety but he shames her he yells at her and it's like, why did you not run when I told you to? You said you were going to listen to me. You must listen to me. You know, whatever. And everybody else is also just ashamed. They're like, you you basically killed the horse because you would refuse to run. Oh, it's and so none of them sad. know she can't run. It's so sad. And she doesn't. She doesn't defend herself. Y'all, I was literally, I was tearing up. I'm like, no, she couldn't run. <laughs> just like it was killing me. It is killing, killing me. me. It is very very sad so we get to they very quietly and he does not they do not ride the horse he walks alongside his horse um you know who at at first it's so sad the horse is in good spirits thinking she he's playing with him and then as they walk along you see the horse start to turn because like the blood race they'll turn them into monsters so they have to put the horse down right so they get to this inn and the stable and basically and he tells everyone to go away because he told her he would never shame her in front of other people. Yes. 
But he takes her, he drags her out. He's like, come with me. He takes her out into the courtyard where the horse is tied up and he hands her this axe, you know, and she knows she's like, she knows that she's responsible. He's like, you, you have to do it. Cause it was your fault basically. And, um, she can't even pick up the axe. She's not strong she's enough. Weak. And she knows that. She's like, if you're too weak to pick up the axe. There's no way that you can swing a blow. That would be instantaneous death for the horse and less pain. Right. And why would you want to put and your horse? What's funny that? is he was expecting her to like, no, I can't do it. And he says, well, use your knife then. So she pulls out her knife and she steps up to the horse and she's like petting the horse sort of calming. She goes, where do I do it? I don't want him to have any pain. And like, as she's saying that he just swings the ax and like crushes the horse's skull and kills him instantly yeah. as it should be an instantaneous, you know, no suffering thing. Um, and then he's just like, they're all sprayed with blood and he's like, go clean yourself and come eat or whatever. And like, they have this moment, um, where in the stables where she sort of, you know, she's like, you know, they have that discussion about the King's heart. You don't have a King's heart. You have a warrior's heart. And until you have a King's heart, you can never be a good King. Yeah. And he's sort of like, who are you and what are you talking about? Yeah. And she, and I love how you think that she's going to be defeated, but she's not at all. Mm-mm. She's just like, I know this was my fault and I'm going to take responsibility. But at the same time, the way you're treating me and the way you're treating this is not kingly, no, you know? Exactly. And I think that's the beauty of Yvin is she challenges him in ways mm-hmm. that he never expects her never. to challenge him. And she mm-hmm. always responds in a way that he's unprepared for. Yeah. Like she, he always expects her to back down, to cow, cry, to mm-hmm. do something that he associates that with weakness. Weak. Exactly. And she never, ever, ever <laughs> delivers that. Yeah. She always delivers more than he expects. Even inside the end, when they go inside the end, and he won't immediately come and eat with them or whatever. He, when he finally gets there, her eyes are downcast. It's not because she's ashamed. It's because she knows that her moon eye, her moonstone eyes make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And she did not want to like basically make other people, because the bar is like freaking packed. It's like yeah. packed with people. This pub, I should say, not a bar, but like a tavern, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a dance club. Sides. It's a dance club. <laughs> no, um, so anyway, and they have some great discussions at the table. We meet some people from another, um, from that same country. And Yvonne also brings it to his attention. It's like, well, because they're talking about how they do something. And he says something. She goes, well, that's a warrior's answer. And again, he's like pricks his pride a little bit. They talk about, I think, how they select warriors. Right. To protect that kingdom. Right. They go out and recruit and basically just pull them off the fields or whatever. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. born and bred warriors. Right. They don't know. And, and so they think that's like, like they, they think it's cowardly, mm-hmm. you know, that they don't have. And she's like, um, what about the food that you eat? It's like, well, well, you know, it doesn't cost. I'm like, really? You think that all these people just like there? These people are suffering to bring you food. They're, the king is draining them dry mm-hmm. to feed your army, yet they don't suffer yeah. like a warrior would. Exactly. And so she's like, until you have spoken to them one on one and you know what you're talking about, then you should basically like keep your mouth shut. And right. I love because that. to him, the the most elevated position that you can have is the warrior's position, right. and anything else is just like, oh, well, you're kind of less than right so that's why he thinks of like these farmers these people who aren't like a warlike 
people mm-hmm. are not worth his time. Yeah. And she, she's kind of just like, everyone has a role to play. And everyone's role is important. Yes. And we see this even that night when she bathes, she talks about she was wearing clothes from her people, the soap that was created by her people. And she goes on and on about how much pride she has in like the different clothes, the different attire, the different soaps, the shampoo, like all this stuff that her people made that they sacrificed and made. And she loves all of it. It's like all considered a blessing to her. Like everyone is important. And I love that we see that in her eyes. And she's trying to show him that until you can see from everyone's position, you will be no good king. Yeah. You know, you can't rule a people. Yeah, you having one point of view is not enough to make you a good leader. Yeah. You have to be able to see through many different perspectives to truly understand like the human condition. <laughs> like you yeah. need to know. That's when she says you will have no you have no king's heart. And yeah. he is just like bludgeoned by that idea, but at the same time realizes she's right. Mm-hmm. You know, so he actually takes her advice and stays downstairs and talks to the people, the locals, you know, yeah. about their lives and about how they get grain and about how they, you know, feed their army and train their, you know, how does all this work? And so it's like we see him taking her advice, like he really does believe that, yeah, you know, she, her ideas and everything she says is correct. Another thing we see is that when Farson is leading her up the stairs, she has to go very slow. And she limps on like one side and he kind of, he doesn't say anything. He questions it a little bit. I love how he sends the wolves in there to bathe with her to protect her while yeah. she's bathing. Gotta protect the boo. <laughs> Gotta protect the boo because you know that he really cares for her. Yeah. And the thing is, he always goes back to like, well, you're a treacherous liar. I can't truly trust you. And he mm. always is trying to justify the way that he sees her. Right. He's always trying to say, well, like, of course she's treacherous. She kills her. She killed her own brother. Yeah. Like, how can I ever really trust her? What she says, you know, and he's always trying to justify it, even though she is showing him her mm-hmm. true self. He still can't quite believe it. Yeah. And I think that's what's so sad about it is because Yvin has such hope and oh. belief in Maddox and what he could be. Yes. And she she is so hopeful that they can have this love match and she is searching for it in and, him, teasing oh. him about it. Like, I can't wait until, you know, when you're going to be in me and like you plant your seed in me. Like she keeps talking about this and she is ready for oh, it. Oh, yeah. And so we have uh-huh. an intense. So that night. Kier and the other, one of the other female, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name. Those two like to have menages with locals. Oh, That's absolutely. like their thing. Oh, they love so, it. it's more than book two, also. Oh, but, I can't um, wait. Anyway, I'm they're, so they're in book two, too. It's, they're hilarious. <laughs> so, um, they bring in the barmaid who was actually flirting with, um, Yvonne, um, which I thought was so <laughs> The funny. barmaid is so horny. She's, yeah, just, she's like, just like, I and need she was, to get something. And that, this was actually the first time they had a reaction of someone to her moonstone. I was like, oh, you're nice. It's air. Like they're just like in awe of her. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay. She does kind of wield power among the people, you know, the way they revere her. So anyway, they like basically have a nice menage. And um, Yvonne can sort of see them through the like curtain. It's like a sheer little curtain separating them. curtain. She finally rolls over and is just like, oh my gosh, to, to be able to, to lay sated with, you know, like she's thinking about how that would be so great if she could have that with Maddox. 
Maddox finally returns and he's been sort of like um, hinting that he wants her basically, you know, to give him a blowjob. Like, mm-hmm. like in my furs, you're going to basically, you know, take care of me and all this stuff. Yeah. And um, she's like, I'm ready, like whenever. So he finally gets there and she is trembling again. He's like, do you sense magic or something? And she's like, no, she's like, I'm hurting. I'm in pain. He's like, you're in pain. She's like, I can't get rid of this feeling. I watch them, you know, have sex and, and I don't know, like basically y'all, she doesn't know how to come. She doesn't know how to make herself have an orgasm. So he is like sort of laughing. He's like, I'll take care of that for you. Yeah. I will. So he's sort of, um, you know, and this is important. She's in a gown. He pulls up her gown. So he does not see her back at this point. No. Oh, the scars. Yeah. She has many, many scars on her back, which he does not see he um so he pulls it up and is basically you know touching her and feeling her and even um oh my god they have like this is like a fucking sexy non-sex scene i don't know how (laughs) she creates these sexy non-sex scenes where he's like thrusting just along her slit it's like y'all i know i'm just not doing a good job of explaining it but no read the book and it'll be better (laughs) trust me it's so good so okay so they have a great sexual experience and he makes her come twice like he wants her you know he's feeling very alpha-ish and loving giving her pleasure and in hearing those sounds and she's crying out his name and it's like awesome right but then he always does this but then she goes to say something. She says, oh, that's when she she told me. And she's hinting at her mother, not his mother, her own mother, because we don't realize that he has the sight. Because he's saying something about her that she knew, but she discovered it through her own mother who had the sight, not through his mother. Well, as soon as she starts to say something, he turns her over and grabs her tongue like he's going to rip it out. And is like, I told you, I warn you. This crushed me oh it did and it crushes her oh it's awful it's awful it's like every time she starts to hope he crushes it and in this moment he even says if you think to find love you will not i will put a seed in you and i'll put a child in you but there will be no love between us like he turns cold in a heartbeat and it's so sad because she goes quiet just like fine fucking fine like she's looking for maddox to show an ounce of care that she is coming to care. She is starting to care for yes. him. She's looking for him to reciprocate that. And she is just devastated every time he disappoints her. And at one point in the novel, I did highlight this this quote because it was just so devastating. Oh. She says, this love within her was a tenacious weed that kept reaching for Maddox as if he were the sun. Oh. But like, he is just not cooperating. And chopping it down. And another point, because I do want to move on, because we have lots of more to cover. Oh gosh, we, yeah. We're going to have to jump quickly. And yes. you will have to read this book to experience yes. the magic. But yes. at one point, they get to this other kingdom, and her brother is there. Mm. And she tells him, like, hey, you know how to behave on the battlefield, but I know how to deal with him. Like, I've been dealing with him my whole life. And also, there's another thing. Her people are known for their poisons, and she's just like, don't drink or eat anything unless you see him drinking or eating anything Mm -hmm. or whatever. And the funny thing is, whenever they get to this dinner at this other kingdom, and there's this other, like, ruler who is supposed to be her mother has said, like, oh, this is a good person, whatever. Mm -hmm. The problem is the brother has already... Had been, you know, yapping in his, in his ear, ear. Right. talking about how Yuvin was the she's, one to kill her own mother, and like basically, typ- it's typical gaslighting too. Like absolutely. she's crazy. Yeah. She's, you know, like it's all this bullshit that men would say about a woman to make others believe that, you know. And what's crazy is 
she's not handling it well as much as she like warned Maddox against like don't listen to him whatever she's the one that's actually kind of losing her cool and he's the one keeping it and she's very grateful but behind the scenes he's kind of like well you know i understand and like i don't care that you killed your mother and she's like wait what you believe him this is another betrayal that maddox has has done against her right and it is devastating it's so devastating every single time he does not trust her does not trust that she has told the truth it's so devastating to her and this is the hard road that Maddox has to travel yeah is the road to believing what she's saying and believing it to be true and the point at which he finally realizes that she's always been telling the truth is like one of the most devastating points too. Like whenever she finally is able to say like, show him that your mother gave me this ring. Like I've had it this whole fucking time. Like Mm -hmm. this was the proof that you were looking for, but I was unable to tell you because you threatened to rip out my fucking tongue. I know. And like I, and it's, it's so devastating because like at that point he, he has to leave her. He has to go like to war because like the destroyers like coming back and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And, Oh, it's just so devastating because it, he finally realizes that he was wrong this whole time about her and that she was falling in love with him and he disappointed her. Yes. And he never, So he's like destroying that love. Yeah. He never Mm -hmm. got to, tell her how much he is falling in love with her mm-hmm. he's and there's no time there's no time mm-hmm. to have that conversation and he has to leave so during this time and this is toward the end of the book because we have to skip a lot yeah. because this this is very <laughs> long so much to, this to could read, be a three-hour podcast yes, but yes. honestly just read the book yeah just read <laughs> the book you will she be gets she gets captured yes her father yes her father captures her it is horrendous. Oh my gosh. Because he tricks her into drinking. Yeah, so he he knows. He knows. So he drinks something. And so she, instead of drinking her own, she drinks out of his same cup, thinking, well, that's the only safe cup is his cup. And he smiles and grins. And he's like, and because she tried to convince him, like, oh, we never had sex, which of course they had on her moon night or whatever. Right. It's like, we know that never happened. And, and, and he's like, well, we'll be sure of it now, won't we? And she's like, what do you mean? And realizing he put, um, the half, what's it called? The half, half moon, moon milk. The but half like moon three milk. Three doses. Three doses in there. He's like, he's like, well, I guess I'll see what it does to a man now. Cause he did it knowing he wanted to kill the baby inside of her. Well, it wasn't confirmed. Yeah. That she was it wasn't pregnant. confirmed, but, but she he, basically. He, he wanted to he wanted to ensure ensure that, that there, there was, was no, no Maddox child yes. and um not only that but that he br- takes the bloody cheat- sheets wraps them up and gives them to Kira that's um a small warrior girl sister to one of the dragons um and sends her with a message like basically saying she was supposed to say she doesn't want you she didn't want her child and like basically here's the proof you know she took the milk and then kira of course says that none of that's true she told me that her father would make her do this and stuff and he maddox is devastated realizing she was in pain without her she suffered all of this and Mm -hmm. and and it's funny because the goddess at one point sends him a message saying yes she will suffer oh that scene was so good and she does she suffers because of him yeah and so it's just like oh my gosh all this it's y'all it's it's devastating so skipping ahead a little bit more we have to skip we have to skip so So many good things yeah we have a we we have a great battle with um 
the other evil brother of Yvonne. Yeah, he has um, kind of like, like sacrificed his eye so that he can have like dark, dark magic. magic. Right. He's like awakening this stone demon. This demon died and became like this petrified stone, yeah. basically. And he's raising it again um, and creating these also um, using this one poison that turns men and animals into like beasts, like crazed killers yes. and beasts and whatever. And he, um, Maddox gets scratched during the battle. That scared me so much. Me too. I was like, no, <laughs> what is happening? But fortunately the goddess had given, had dipped her finger in that potion and they didn't realize what it was for. They thought it was for the moon night. So yeah, she would they, have a they, baby. They, yeah. They but thought it was, like, it was lube, like a sexual like a special thing. Lube. Yeah. <laughs> but really it was the goddess. She said, you're going to need this. Yeah. And so they make him, they put these on his scars. I think he even in some of it to make sure he yes, gets it right like, um so that the poison doesn't take hold the goddess protected him and yes. i love that i really um, love it like the the whole thing like where yvin doesn't think that she really has any powers right. but she truly does have the sight she has she's very powerful and like yeah vela obviously thinks she is special yes and she has a role to play yes. and she and Maddox and uniting the kingdoms and stuff play. right and so um her father's put her back in that tower where she suffered all her life and she knows so Maddox is i mean i love this scene so one of the things that she has she doesn't have this sight like her mother but she can see perfectly from like hundreds and hundreds like almost like a mile away or something she can see the details of people far 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 away that her are within her sight right and she watches him storming up looking like the warrior he is coming through she has already spoken to her people and the maids and they all basically they think they're going to have to battle their way into the kingdom to the castle the fortress and no she's already taken care of that and they're like we're here to fight alongside you um yes. Ryan Maddock and he's like what and, and then one of the other guys goes leave it to event she's taking care of it already you yes, know like absolutely so Ten we have ahead, this, always like, devastating moment where he storms in kills and he promised her that he would bring her his her father's head and hand yes. or something so he kills him takes his head and hand and storms up to the tower and when he comes inside she backs away and she goes just do it quickly. She thinks, thinking, still thinks, still thinks he doesn't that he love her. is going to kill her. Okay, he's like she's had his vengeance. Now he's gonna have his vengeance on me. Yeah, and y'all, I was, I was just like, my heart fell into me. He's like, how can you? He's like, what have I done that you don't understand? I would kill anyone for you. Yes. I would, I would tear out my own heart for, for you. you. And it's just like, it is the most beautiful. It is awesome. It is moments. It's beautiful, absolutely. And so gorgeous. I'm just going to go ahead and say that is my showdown. I I would agree that that is 100 the best scene because finally this fucking stubborn ass man yes. is finally cluing in, opening up about his emotions and laying it all on the line for this woman who has always been worthy, always, always from the very beginning. And he's finally saying like, I acknowledge that and I should have done it sooner. Yes. <laughs> and like, I'm sorry that I ever made you believe that believe you were that you not, are not 
Then he would come other, in there to yeah. kill her. Yeah. When he he would kill the world for her. Yeah. It's amazing. It's it is so amazing. Good. Y'all. I agree. It has to be. I mean, second runner up for showdown, and I do have like a little mention of that <laughs> blog, but I will say second runner up is the bloody handy because it's the like bl- what an introduction. It's <laughs> awesome. What a fucking oh introduction. My God. Also, that night they had in that hand of the statue. Oh yeah. That was that hot. was that was hot. Y'all, there's hot sex and like galore. Non non penetration scene. That oh, are the buildup, the uh, sexual tension is amazing. absolutely intense. Amazing. So the, we have an epilogue, and we know that mm-hmm. the destroyer is coming. Oh yeah, and Yvin and Maddox make the decision that they're not going to have a child right now, which I agree with. They're about yeah. to enter into this long ass war. Right. They obviously need Yvin mm-hmm. and she can't be pregnant. <laughs> like, right. you know, like mm-hmm. how that would hamper her. It would, you know, put her at a disadvantage and she's just like, we're going to wait. We're going to wait to start our family and something big is happening. So this whole series is going to be like a culmination. Yes. And so they're sending, they're to sending the return uh, of the destroyer. They're sending her brother ties in and yes. who's an ambassador now and part of the, um, dragon guard um to other to the northerners to try to get alliances because the they need the goddess vela said you are going to be responsible for allying uh everyone against the destroyer when he comes so book two i'm going to just let you guys know is we see them you know going yeah. to this new um new part of this world yeah which we is fascinating. which is which is very awesome because it's like you would assume that some of the people introduced in book one, like it would more surround like them and the Mm-mm. places that we've already been, but it's not. Book two, we get a totally different yeah. place. And, and it's it's so cool. And God. I haven't started it yet, but I just read the blurb <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is yes. going to be epic, isn't it? Yes. So awesome. if you're interested in a fantasy romance, this is just like... The best. This is just like elevated yes. fantasy, high fantasy romance. Yeah. If, this you, is what if you love... A strong heroine who is empathetic... And, you know, attuned to other people's emotions, but also just like this absolute badass (laughs) bitch that I'm just like amazed and awed by. Mm -hmm. And this incredibly alpha hero who is brought to his knees and molded (laughs) into such a better man because of this woman. It's just like chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. It's It's so amazing. It's amazing. I just, I look forward to this whole series. It's just going to just, because book two, it's, it's like, Obviously the same world, but it also feels very different in a good way, in a refreshing mm-hmm. way. And so I just love that. I love, I can't wait to meet all of the people in this world. So Agreed. Yeah. Great job, Millivane. We're, we're fans, <laughs> if you haven't noticed. Okay, well, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to the next one where we'll be reviewing In Bed with a Stranger by Mary Wine. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A.